guys did way better than I thought you were going to do, so congrats. Good job. Um, so what, what did you say for your answers for those opening questions? What do you think it means to be a Christian? What would you say your fr- non-Christian friends say it means to be a Christian? First, let's start with what it means, what you think it means for me to be a Christian. Anybody have something they'd like to say? What's it mean? Just shout it out if you got it. Thanks, Cameron. Very good. Yeah, anything else? Cameron kind of stole all the good answers, huh? So, so to, die, to believe in Jesus, that he, died, he lived, he died on the cross, he rose again in three days, and that he is your God, maybe, that he, uh, you have a relationship with him. What do you think your friends who are not Christians would say uh, it means to be a Christian? This is probably easier than the first question. What do you think they would say? If you go to church, yeah, yeah. Maybe that you uh, probably read your Bible, right? Maybe that you are nice to people. Hopefully they, will, they would think that about Christians. More than likely they probably don't, though. Um, what about, they'd probably say that you are uh, goody two-shoes or something like that. Got that a lot growing up. Or that you don't cuss or you don't swear, you don't uh, do all the uh, popular bad things to do that we would consider sin. So they have an idea of what being a Christian is, right? Because they, they are not in this culture. They don't go to church. But they, they look at us and they, from what we act like, what we do with our lives, they start to determine what it means to be a Christian. So hopefully those are good things that they're saying. You guys, I mean, said they think that uh, Christians read their Bible. Sure, that is a good thing that Christians probably should do, right? They should go to church. We should be rooted in community and learning with other people about the Bible and through the Bible about God, right? So those are all things that are true that people would think about Christianity Um, But we're going to talk about um, what it is that Jesus would have said it meant to be a Christian because the early people who followed Jesus, they didn't actually call themselves Christians. They didn't have that name. And if people were calling them Christians, it was in a derogatory way. They were like, oh, it's those Christians over there causing all the issues. They didn't say it in a good light, um, like hopefully people do today, but in a lot of ways, they don't. That's something that we need to realize. And so they called themselves followers of Jesus or followers of the way. That's what they called themselves. And we want to tonight hopefully get an idea of what it means to actually follow Jesus, actually be someone who learns from him and believes those things that Cameron said, that he, he lived, that he died, and he rose again three days later. That's what we want to end up with. What we think as Christians it means to be a Christian can have a big impact on our lives too, though, because we could believe things like, well, it means I need to read my Bible, I need to go to church, Maybe I should be a good person. All those things that people who aren't Christians would say about us as Christians. And maybe sometimes in our lives, something that I have definitely done is believe that that is where things end. 
I'm just going to check off the boxes and do the things that I know a Christian should do so that I could call myself a Christian. That was, that was my goal for a lot of my life, was to do those things that made it look like I was a Christian. And, and really, Jesus has this picture of how he wants us to live our lives, and, and he has, I believe, the best way to live our lives. That's what he puts forth and on offer for us. But our world has another story. They have another instruction manual. They have another philosophy for how we should get the good life that they think we should have. The world tells us things like, you should just be a good person. You should just follow your heart. You should just trust yourself. You should put you first, me first, above everybody else. The world tells us, don't do anything that you don't want to do. Don't let anyone tell you what you can or can't be. Those are the kind of things that the world tells us about how to live a good life. And and if you saw a pattern there, most of it is about me, right? And I want to tonight hopefully get to a point where we can all come to understanding that the life that Jesus has on offer for us Though he offers us good things, though he offers us a a good and true path towards life that is eternal, there are things uh, that we don't think about, I think, a lot of times, and that people who aren't Christians definitely don't think about. Because they might think about us that we just believe something that's going to help us to get through the hard times in life. That might be all that they think it is. But Jesus is truly going to be there for you. He, he wants to show you what he has on offer. And like I said, throughout my life, I've believed both of these stories. I've believed the things that the world tell me, told me about how to live a good life. I've believed that I should just not do anything that I don't want to do, that I should follow my heart, things like that. And I've also believed that to be a Christian, once I decided that that was the route I wanted to go down, that I just needed to check those boxes off. I just needed to read my Bible. I just needed to not sin in public by cussing or whatever it might be. That was what I thought being a Christian meant. And wow, you guys, we are going to read something tonight where Jesus says, look, here's, here's what I want you to do if you want to be my disciple, okay? Here is Jesus's plan for how we are to live our lives. And that life that he has on offer for us is a good one. It's one that is going to lead to life. Well, that story that the world tells us leads a different direction, the opposite direction towards death. So let's read tonight uh, this little passage in Scripture in the book of Mark. It's going to be on the screen. Mark chapter 8, 34 and 35, if you've got your Bibles. It says this, Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves Take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. At this point in the story, Jesus had just gotten done with both of the miraculous feedings, where they had like enough for like two people to eat and they fed thousands of people. He's just done that. And Jesus is in the middle of talking to his disciples and people who are following them. Because now all those people who got fed, they're like, free food, follow that guy. They're just following after him. 
So there's all these people with him, both the people who truly are following Jesus for the right reasons, and there are the people who are following him probably for the wrong reasons, or maybe they're just along for the ride. They're like, I don't know where he's going. I don't know what he's talking about, but I know that there's a free meal coming if I keep going with this guy probably, or something like that. This guy's going to do something amazing. And Jesus, just before this, is telling his disciples one of his predictions of him being crucified. We need to remember when we read this that Jesus, he's, he's in his body he, right now. He's alive in the first type of way that he was alive before he was crucified. And he's saying things like this that kind of allude to what's going to happen to him. He says things like, take up their cross. And to them, especially to the disciples, they would be thinking, Okay, Jesus just told us he's going to die, but we don't really believe that. We don't believe that that's how he's going to do this. He's supposed to be the Messiah. He's supposed to be the son of the living God. He's supposed to be the one that brings us into the power spot in, in our day and time to make everything good for us. So they're confused. They're wondering, what in the world is he talking about? And Jesus, with all these people present, he, te- he says these few lines to them. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. So we're going to go through those three things that he says we need to do if we want to be his disciple. And disciple, again, just means I'm going to I'm a disciple. I learn from somebody. I follow them. I I watch what they do. I think about it. I figure out why they do it, and then I myself do it. That's what a disciple is. So he's telling them, if you want to do this, here's what you got to do. Number one, you have to deny yourself. You must deny, they must deny themselves, he says. Now, this is probably the exact opposite of what the world would teach us when they teach us that you should trust yourself. Deny yourself versus trust yourself. Jesus' idea here is that we step down off of the throne that is in our heart and in our life, and we allow Jesus to sit in that spot instead of us. Denying myself is not some sort of weird, like, I'm not going to do all these things that I think are good in life because I need to deny myself for God. That's what he said I have to do to be a disciple. It is deny yourself in the sense that you don't get to be your God anymore. This is crucial in Jesus's world and his ideas. You don't get to be your God anymore. You have to step down off of your throne. You have to let him step into it and sit there, and he gets to be your God now. And what does that mean for us? That means that he gets to decide what's wrong and what's right. We don't get to decide that anymore. I don't get to decide as I walk about my life, you know, I really would like to do this or that, but I think, uh, I know my parents probably wouldn't like if I did that, and I know, you know, I know God kind of probably wouldn't want me to do that. That is not a conversation that we have anymore. The conversation is, is this what God would have me to do, or would he say, no, don't do that? That is what denying ourselves is like. And I truly believe that each one of these steps 
there's a reason and there's a good reason for each of them why Jesus is telling it, us these things. Why we should deny ourselves. Why we should take up our cross and why we should follow him. And for denying ourselves, I think it takes the pressure off of us, right? If I don't have to be my God, that means that all of these little decisions daily that I get faced with, the things where I should do, I have the option to do what is good, what is right, or what is bad and what is wrong. I don't have the, the worry in my heart, am I going to f- pick the right thing? Am I going to go down the right path anymore? If I, if I have God on the throne inside my heart and as the Lord of my life, I get to release that pressure off my shoulders because I know the answer. It is what God would have me do. That's what I have to do. That is what denying ourselves looks like. And taking up our cross is the next one. So how do we take up our cross? What does that look like? Well, I think that is the opposite of what the world would teach us, which is don't do anything you don't want to do. The world would teach us that where Jesus would teach, take up your cross. He says that, not in a way that he wants you to suffer and have a horrible life. That is not what he's saying. What he's wanting to have us understand is that we need to, in our sufferings, in our hard times, think about somebody who has to carry their cross. You know, the people when they would go to get crucified, and it wasn't just Jesus, there were thousands and thousands of people, criminals in the Roman world at Jesus' time who would get crucified, and they... they so humiliated them, they so beat them, they so hurt them physically, and then not only that, they made them carry their own cross. Those big, you've probably seen movies and pictures, they had to carry these terribly heavy things to the place that they were going to die. So what does Jesus mean by take up your cross? I think he means that we need to When there is suffering and there is hard times in our life, which is inevitable, it's going to happen, that we don't shy away from them like the world would tell us to do. Don't do something that's going to be too hard for you. Don't do something that is going to stretch you or, or be uncomfortable for you. Jesus is saying, no, you need to go head on into that. You need to embrace your suffering and not in a way that Again, you just suffer for the sake of suffering. Just like we don't deny ourselves of good things just because we want to deny ourselves to seem really holy and set apart from other people. That's not what he's meaning. He means go towards suffering and don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid of the suffering. You don't have to be afraid of it if, if God is the God in your heart too. If Christ is on the throne in your heart. The scariest part of this piece of the puzzle that Jesus offers us is that you can't do it halfway. You can't take up your cross only a little bit and then not sometimes. In the Old Testament, you might have heard this before, but they would, when they met with God in what they called the temp- in the temple or in the tabernacle where they thought that where God actually resided in this one tiny room. Once a year, a priest would go in there to, to perform ceremonies to God, to, to worship God, basically. And they would tie a rope around his waist as he went in there because they were so afraid and had this fear in their hearts about the fact that God had struck people dead just for going into his presence. 
in most of the time it is as if they are unclean, but other times it's unclear. They would, they would just die because God is so holy. When we take up our cross, we need to realize that that might be the case in the Old Testament, that God in his presence in those people's lives could strike people dead. The same thing has to happen for us. And I'm not saying, again, you don't literally have to die. You have to die to yourself in your heart. Just like I said with denying yourself, you have to let God be the God in your heart. That, de- that death still occurs when Jesus is, when God's presence is there. It has to occur for us to be purified and experience our sanctification in life. So how does this help? How does taking up our cross help us? Just like denying ourselves takes the pressure off of our shoulders, I think that taking up our cross brings me closer to God when I go through suffering. Because he's not going to ask me to go and suffer and just do it all by myself. In fact, when we go through hard times, when it seems like we can't do the right thing, that is exactly when God wants to work and when he will work. When we are too weak to actually do what he wants us to do, that's when he comes in, takes us by the arm, and pushes us forward doing what we need to do. God wants you to get to the point where you can't do something without him in your life. I don't know if you've met that wall in your life yet, you junior hires and you high schoolers, I don't know if I had met it in my life very many times. I know I had by the time I was in your seat, but you need to realize that when I hit those walls of suffering, when hard times come into my life, I have the opportunity to push through, not in my own power, but in the power that God gives me if he's in my heart and if I am taking love and giving it to him in that relationship with him. Suffering brings us closer to God. It shouldn't be that when we hit that wall, when we have suffering, we start to blame God. If I'm taking up my cross, I know, you know what, God's with me. He told me to do this. He's not going to leave me to do it all on my own. That's what we need to see. When we have those times that are hard, when it feels like you can't get up and go through the next day, you need to realize that God wants to help you. That is specifically where he wants to help you guys. When you are too weak to do it on your own, that is when he wants to help you. The last point, follow me. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. The opposite of this, what the world would tell us to do is follow your heart. Follow what you want to do. Don't do something that you wouldn't want to do. Don't let anybody tell you what you can or can't do or what you can or can't be. Meanwhile, Jesus tells us to follow him. In this life, we have this opportunity to be in a relationship with Jesus, to actually be a Christian, a disciple, a follower of him. And what does that look like? I think we need to first, we need to surrender, we need to seek Jesus first. If you have never done that to this point in your life, you, you, should, you should seek him. And I'm proud of all each and every one of you for being a rebel in our society and coming to church instead of staying home and do it, doing whatever it is that you might do. You guys should be proud of yourselves for sitting in this room wanting to learn this stuff. But we should seek after Jesus. I think you're all doing that. We should surrender to him then. If you haven't denied yourself in a formal way, if you haven't asked Jesus to 
actually come and sit on the throne of your heart, you say, I'm going to step down, God. I'm going to start allowing you to be the Lord of my life. That is something that we need to do. And then past that, there's so much learning and so much growth to happen, but what Jesus really wants us to do then is to, to serve him. And we serve him by serving other people. That is, that is much the way that if you feel like uh, you wouldn't want to serve other people, there are a thousand opportunities a day to serve people, but it's hard to get ourselves to do that. That is a perfect time to ask God, this is one of those moments, God, where I'm hitting a wall. I don't want to do this. I need you to help me. I want to serve these people. Jesus not only asks us to do these hard things, but the last part, I think, is the most beautiful. When he says, follow me, he wants to be with you. He wants you to be with him. He doesn't say all these things. He doesn't say, deny yourself, take up your cross, and do this, or else he says, follow me. He doesn't make it a command. He offers it up to you to have the responsibility to follow him. He's not going to force you into it. He's not going to trick you into following him. He just wants you to follow him. He just wants to be in your presence. And I would argue that you, what you truly desire deep down is to be in his. So he offers us his, his help and his presence in those hard times, you guys. And how does this help? How does this last piece, follow me, help us? I think that if I'm rooted in a relationship with Jesus, if I'm following him, if I'm watching what he does, if I'm reading my word, learning about what he, what he lived like, I am going to have a new perspective on things. I don't have to follow every new cool fad or whatever the cool person at that time is or the cool idea, the fashion trends, all these things. I don't have to follow those anymore just because, oh, it looks good. A lot of people are going that way. That's not what we do anymore. We're rooted in a relationship. We're reliant on God if we follow him and we're trusting in him. We're putting our faith, the Bible would say, in him when we follow him. So just to sum things up, we wanna, I want to read the last little part of that one more time because I think it's, it is a summation of what he said in the verse before it. He says, For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. Talk about confusing. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever wants to lose their life will save it. How does this work? How could I look at Jesus? How could I hear him say this? Put yourself in the shoes of those people who are actually walking with him. His disciples, I guarantee, were confused. All the other people were confused. They had, they had little instruction of what he was actually meaning. He was saying, lose your life. That's actually how you save it. And you might ask yourself, like, how am I? Somebody turned their phone off. Sorry. You might be asking yourself, how am I supposed to lose my life? How could I do that? How could I lay all this down? How could I step down from my throne? How could I take up my cross and actually like push through in suffering with Jesus? How am I supposed to convince myself to do this? And I think we need to remember that Jesus did this exact thing before he asked, not for them, but for, before he asks us to do it, he did it. 
He denied what he wanted deep down. He did in the garden before he was crucified. He asked the Father, if there's any way we could do this without me having to die, can we do that, the other plan, plan B, God, Father God? And he ended that prayer by saying, you know, if it's your will, though, I'm, I'm here to do it. This is what I'm here to do. He denied himself when he said, your will be done, not mine, God. And he took up his cross, didn't he? He, he took it up literally. He bared suffering and shame and embarrassment for you guys. And he didn't follow himself, but he, he followed what the Father wanted him to do while he was here on earth. That's how we ourselves can look to what he's asking us to do in this little passage and think, okay, Jesus did it. I know he's going to supply me with what I need to be able to do this. And this is a thing that we need to do every single day, you guys. This invitation to be a disciple of Jesus is not something that we can just sign a paper or pray a prayer and then just let it sit behind us as we go about our life just like we did before. You have to deny yourself daily. You have to take up your cross daily. And you have to follow him daily. These are things that we have to do every single day. And I'm not saying it's easy. I don't think Jesus would say it was easy. I don't think your friends who are not Christians would understand this part of it. They, they think that you just read your Bible. You just go to church, right? When in reality, within yourself, Jesus is asking you to do some really hard stuff. Very hard stuff to do. Stuff that we do daily. Decisions that we make that change the way we go. If you've been like me before in your life, you've, you've listened to those two different stories. The stories the world tells you. The stories that uh, you think, doing what you think it means to be a Christian and you've hit hard times, it's been confusing, right? Because both of those stories are telling me, if I do these things, if I do check off these Christian boxes, if I, or if I do what is true to me, if I follow my heart, I'm supposed to have a good life. That's what they're telling me. But we hit, a, we hit our biggest walls in those times. We need to see that Jesus has a better story for us. He has a better plan for us, and it, and it looks a lot harder. It's a lot harder to swallow on the front end, but he, he helps us to get through it, you guys. We need to make choices to lose our life so that he can save it for us. And we can do that by putting our confidence in Jesus, our faith in Jesus, our trust in Jesus. So if you have hit those points in your life. I know that you guys have all went through these sufferings. You've hit those walls where times are tough. You don't know what to do. You don't know what to think because you think, God, I thought you were supposed to help me. We need to ask ourselves honestly and truthfully, am I every day denying myself? Is, is Jesus really the God in my heart? Have I asked him to be that for me? And then it passed that, am I embracing suffering, knowing that Jesus is going to help me? And am I following him? Am I accepting his relationship with me? Am I spending time with God to help me through those hard times? Those are the kind of questions we need to ask. Let's pray, you guys, and you can talk in small groups for a little bit. Father, this is a really hard 
little passage because Jesus is telling us things that I know myself, it's hard for me to hear that I every day need to deny myself and take up my cross and follow Jesus. Those are hard things to do, but God, I pray that you would help us to see that that is the best way to live. That is the best story to believe, that when I do those things, you are going to push me through those times of suffering and hardship. You're going to be with me. You won't leave me abandoned in my embarrassment when I'm taking up my cross, when I'm doing things that are hard, but for your sake, Lord. I pray that whoever's in this room and God is tugging, that, you know what, I need to make this true for me. I need to deny myself. I need to take up my cross, and I need to choose to follow Jesus, that you would just confirm that to them, speak that to them, give them the confidence to walk out this life, to be a true disciple, not just what people would say a Christian is, but to truly be a disciple, Lord. Pray that you would bless us and keep us, Lord. Keep these dear hearts, these young people who are going through their lives and hard things are happening, Lord. Just put your protection over them. Have your presence with them as they go about their day and weeks, Lord. And we pray this all in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.